Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Not you, it's the Jimmy Chungus! They're making a run for the border! Your father and I were lovers. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Hey, mummy! Twice! I made them by hand. Let the party begin! Hello and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, bringing you optimistic views of the world's worst movies. That's Simone LaRue. And that's Chad Eckowitz. Hey guys, welcome to it. the new stuff. Oh, it's all shiny here, it's all new. It is. It's, it's like, I haven't spilt beer in this place yet. <laughs> I have not a single stain on my shirt. It's beautiful, this. Mm. I, feel, I feel new. Do you, know, do you know what I feel like, Simone? What do you feel like? I feel like a symbiote has bound <laughs> to my suit, and I've got all these powers. I do feel a little bit more aggressive, and I want to wear my hair down yeah, in front yeah, of my yeah. eye. And and you know what? Do you want to go out to a jazz club this weekend? <laughs> Wait, so you can use me to make your ex-girlfriend jealous? 100%. <laughs> you know, I've been wanting to dye my hair super, super platinum anyway. Perfect. So, so it's a date, not date. Brilliant. Perfect. I'll fly over awesome. soon. Thanks. I really appreciate it. <laughs> So if you've stumbled on this podcast and you're thinking, what the hell is this? This is the revamp, the renew of a brilliant older podcast called It's Not That Bad, uh-huh. where Simone and I take two movies every week that didn't do so well critically, and we say to you, hey, they're not that bad, and give you multiple reasons why they're actually yeah. good films. And you might be like, should I actually watch it? And we'll tell you whether that's the case. Exactly. So this is your go-to spot to find movies that, you know what, not everyone liked, but we're going to tell you why you're going to be different. Yeah. You're going to be a cool hipster yeah. dude. Because you know what? It's really easy to be negative about stuff and easy to be critical mm-hmm. about movies, but it's hard to maybe find some nice things to say. Exactly. And we'll, we're here to do that we're for you. We're right here. You don't even have to worry, no. bro. Just sit back, relax. No. <laughs> so, Simone... <laughs> We want to keep things the same as they were in a little bit. Just make it fresher, make uh-huh. it newer. You know, we're never going to get rid of drinking. No. Let's be honest. So uh, our se- first segment is going to stay exactly the same. Great. Well, do you want to tell the people what movies we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea, yeah. to be fair. So, Simone, I am going to be doing one of the world's best films. Let's be honest. Oh, God. Uh, depth, uh-huh. timing, yes. and everything just made Spider-Man 3 just uh, one of one of... The glorious you know, early superhero films. Well, Spider-Man 3 is great because, you know, it's the reason that we now have Spider-Man 4 and Spider-Man 5 and Tobey Maguire is a household name. <laughs> Sam Raimi feels no shame true. about this movie. And it's just gone on to greater <laughs> things. It's true. I mean, you know, Tobey Maguire in Endgame was superb. Yeah. The fact that he defeated Thanos <laughs> single-handedly. I mean, we all knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> potentially still a better timeline than the one we're in yeah yeah 100% <laughs> so tell me what film are you reviewing this I'm week I'm doing a movie that I genuinely enjoyed that didn't get enough credit which mm-hmm. was Aquaman from 20 this year yeah and it was really mm. good I enjoyed it it's directed by our sweet sweet love James Wan yeah we have a weird thing for James Wan if uh, mm. you've never listened to this podcast before and we will not hear a bad word against him no no <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, I, it, it was funny as well, Simone, as I've told you before. <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, 
podcast listeners, we got a little bit confused this week, and by we I mean me, in the fact that I thought Simone was covering Superman Man of Steel and not Aquaman, and so on the day of recording, this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon, Simone texted me in the morning saying, Aquaman, we need to do some stuff with it, and I was like, what? So I quickly had to go and find a copy and watch it, so that was finished 15 minutes before, so I'm fresh in my brain. I mean, and the worst part is that you watched Man of Steel for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I've obviously committed some serious sins this week that needed to be rectified. (laughs) So, as always, how we choose Hmm. who goes first in this podcast is by the measure of percentage Mm -hmm. of alcohol that we are drinking, and nothing's going to change. So tell us, Simone... What are you drinking? So, Chad, I've been drinking today. It was a friend's birthday. She said she was day <laughs> drinking for the day. Obviously, I was well on board. Always. So I've been drinking gin and tonics most of the day. Mm-hmm. I've mellowed out since, because, you know, we have to record. I've had some coffee. I've had some water. But I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm trying to maintain. Yeah, yeah, you got to maintain. I don't want to crash. Um, no. So I'm having a, a bit of brandy. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Interesting choice. Mm. How is it? What what here is it? It's a KWV one. I could not tell you. I think it's like classic or something. Right. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you off no. by heart what that means. No. So, no. Well, what percentage is it? I guess like forty something. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere around there, yeah. right? Like it's brandy yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah. I am drinking a brasserie. It's an imported premium lager. Ooh. It's strange that it says imported premium lager on the label, because assumedly the country that it's from, it's not imported there. Yeah. So do they not sell it in their Sometimes home country? Sometimes they um they import stuff in like big barrels and then bottle it in country. Oh. See, this is why you come around to this podcast, because not only <laughs> do we tell you optimistic things about movies, but we tell you our alcoholic knowledge, or Simone does mm. at least. I have a worrying amount. (laughs) Well, the brasserie itself is a delicious lager, uh, and it is only a measly 4%. Nice. So, so it's... it's, I win. (laughs) Yeah, you win, which I think is fair, because, you know, you've, like you said, you've you've probably got at least 4% alcohol Mm. in you already, so it would be good for you to start, and that way you can just sort of drunkenly barrel your way through Spider-Man. Yeah, get it, get it sorted. I did not prepare a synopsis, so we're just going to edit the hell out of this. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but yes, I'm leaning heavily on IMDb synopsis. Thank you, IMDb, again, for being our constant love. Our guiding star. <laughs> okay. Okay. Aquaman 2018 starts as a classic origin story of Arthur Curry, or Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa. It starts off by telling us how his parents met. Atlanta, played by Nicole Kidman, and... Tom Curry, played by Tamuera Morrison, met when Atlanta, running away from her arranged marriage in Atlantis, washed up on shore next to the lighthouse that Tom Curry was managing. The two fell in love almost immediately after she threw a pitchfork through his TV, and (laughs) soon she became pregnant with the baby that was Arthur Curry. Unfortunately, when Arthur was a toddler, Atlanta was tracked down by the legions of Atlantis and ordered to come back home. She does. Tom never sees her again. Neither does Arthur. Cut to present day. Arthur Curry is Aquaman following the events of Justice League. So he's defeated Steppenwolf and he's just going around saving people in the ocean. Most recently, he stops an attempt by pirates to kidnap a vessel 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was like a submarine Russian submarine yeah. thing. Yeah. This is when he encounters Manta, played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Except he's not Manta yet. He and his father are still playing, are still being normal pirates. And when they confront Aquaman, they are grossly overpowered. <laughs> and a lack of action by Aquaman results in Manta's father's death. Manta says that all he wants is revenge on Aquaman after this. At the same time, the different kingdoms of Atlantis are disagreeing on whether or not they should go to war with the surface dwellers. The argument by King Orm, who happens to be Aquaman's half-brother through Atlanta. King Orm, played by Patrick Wilson, is Aquaman's half-brother through Atlanta. Atlanta, when she left Tom Curry, was forced to marry King Orm's father, have King Orm, and then, it turns out, she was sacrificed to something called the Trench, which is a part of the ocean that contains horrible sea creatures that pretty much destroy whatever joins them. This is important later. Now, King Orm wants to wage war against the surface dwellers, not just because, you know, they're, like, polluting the ocean and filling it with warships and whatever, but also because if you <laughs> manages to unite all the kingdoms of Atlantis, he becomes the Ocean Master. Is that right? Yeah, Ocean Master's right. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, Yeah. he becomes the Ocean Master, and he gets to rule over all the kingdoms of Atlantis, which, you know, obviously great. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, to this end, he orchestrates an attack on himself and some of the other kings, like King Volko and King Nereus. King Volko played by, obviously, Willem Dafoe, and King Nereus played by Dolph Lundgren. Uh, He orchestrates an attack by a quote-unquote human ship, which he destroys, but that tells the kings that the humans are ready to attack and they might as well go on the offensive. In order to prevent this, Mira, King Nereus' daughter, played by Amber Heard, confronts Aquaman Mm -hmm. and says, basically, he needs to come through, he needs to unite the kingdoms, he needs to take his place as one of the kings of Atlantis so that he can stop this war. And the best way for him to do it is to find a hidden trident that has been missing for hundreds of years, but has the capability of controlling all the oceans. At first, Aquaman's pretty hesitant, but then there's an attack on his hometown where a huge tidal wave wipes out a bunch of people and his father barely survives, and then he's on board. So the two of them sneak him into Atlantis so that he can meet with Volko uh, in order to get the plans to find the trident. Unfortunately, they're discovered by King Orm's men, and Aquaman is arrested. Mira and Volko manage to escape without the king knowing that they were there. So this allows Aquaman to confront the king, or King Orm, and the two decide that they'll duel. And if Aquaman wins, then King Orm will not attack the surface dwellers, whereas if King Orm wins, then Aquaman has to go away. (laughs) Obviously, this does not go well for Aquaman because he's not used to fighting underwater. No. Now, at the last moment, Mira saves him and extracts him from the place. They fake their own deaths and go in search of the trident. While they are searching for the trident, King Orm decides he really needs to take Aquaman out and finds Manta, who is desperate for revenge. He gives Manta a bunch of Atlantean technology, Manta modifies it to suit his own needs, and then with the help of some of King Orm's men, goes after Aquaman and Mira. There's a huge battle in Italy? Yeah, it it, it looks like Italy. I thought it might be Spain at one point, but it definitely looks like it's 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 a beautiful tan Mediterranean place. town. Yeah. The two of them barely escape with Aquaman almost killing Manta, and then they find this island, which happens to be right over the trench that Aquaman's mom was sacrificed to. Oh. The two of them manage to survive going into the trench. They discover this like hidden island that it turns out Aquaman's mom, Atlanta, has been alive the whole time what? living there, trying to get to the trident because it's the only way to get out. 
Aquaman goes in, realizes that he is the one true king because he's able to communicate with the creature guarding the trident. He gets the trident. They all go out just in the nick of time because King Orm is busy attacking the Brine King, which is one of the kingdoms of Atlantis. He stops the war. He's got this like really cool giant creature thing. Um, he defeats King Orm in battle with the trident as he's about to kill him. Atlantis stops them both, says there's been enough fighting. They need to focus on diplomacy. They need to not attack the surface dwellers because the sea and land are one. Uh, Aquaman is the king of Atlantis now. He and Mira hook up and Manta's still alive. Surprise, the end. Way. Well done. That was, that was, Thanks. that was tough to get through. But you did it. And, and to be fair, you covered pretty much everything. I think so. Like, that was really, really I watched good. it this morning, so it's, like, fresh. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really, really good. So, <laughs> new type of segment that we're trying out here called the clip hanger, I guess. <laughs> so, Simone, do you want to introduce the clip that's gonna, gonna, that we're gonna bounce off of? This song went viral for being so bad. <laughs> it is, of course, by Pitbull. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the reasons I was hesitant to watch this movie. Do you want to play a brief clip of it? They tried to get rid of me, but from ocean to ocean, they gonna have to deal with me. I've been overlooked, slept on, stepped on, left for dead, always against all eyes like Pac said. I'm the living great Gatsby, but these boys are watching quick and disappear like Banksy. From ocean to ocean, sea to sea, I'm something that you gotta see. What a song. What a- I think for me, the favor, the the bit that really stands out is the uh, Toto's Africa part. Mm. How, how, about, yeah. how about you? <laughs> you know, everyone says that it's a perfect song and it doesn't need to be remade. And in Pitbull comes <laughs> Mr. Worldwide and just swoops in and tells us, you know what? I can do it better. And he's wrong, so wrong. but he tries. I love Pitbull just purely because... <laughs> the hubris. The, the man... Really, he's he's got Kanye levels of confidence, but none of sort of the big dick energy that Kanye carries so well. Yeah, that's true. And I think you need the combination to to really be able to, to, to really pull that off. Like, I would say, you know, in a scale of crazy, amazing confidence, the spectrum, you've got Rihanna... Who has amazing confidence and perf- the biggest dick energy and the biggest dick energy? So she's on the, the like the good side. Then you've got Kanye, right. who's got all of the confidence but the wrong kind of big dick energy. Yeah, and he's on the bad side. And then straight in the middle, you've got Pitbull. Yeah, who's just <sighs> what? And like, I I didn't understand how this song was even associated with Aquaman because it doesn't fit with the vibe. No. It doesn't <laughs> fit with any of it. And they're in Africa for like. 10 minutes out of the whole movie yeah it makes no sense it really like it uh, who was like oh do you know who we need on this pitbull pitbull (laughs) i've never thought that in my life i've never been like you know what this needs pitbull yeah i don't think james wan and the producer sat in a room and they were just like there's only one guy who can do this and it's pitbull (laughs) (laughs) they were obviously do you think they were watching men in black 3 and they heard the song and they were like yes this is what we need this is it (laughs) uh so i mean i want to talk about the uh, amber heard's hair for like a good an hour beautiful okay you know is it an aggressive red (laughs) yes 
does it work perfectly with her flawless complexion? Also, yes. <laughs> like, she is such a beautiful human being. She could have literally any hair color and look good. Yeah, it's... it's. Was it an obvious wig at times? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing to see, and it made me think, why mm. don't more people have red hair like this? And I'm like, oh, right, because it's insane. And the upkeep... Yeah, because nobody looks like Amber Heard. Yeah. Like, the upkeep alone as well. Like, if you were to dye Good your Lord. hair red, how much do you think that would cost you, like, overall? Like, if you said you kept it for, like, ten years, how, how much money would that would you spend on that? Okay, so, obviously, I'm measuring stuff in rounds. Of course. But I know that for my length of hair, going to, like, a local hairdresser to, like, properly dye it, like, and treat it and make sure that it wasn't gonna, like, dry off my head mm. would be about 4,000 rands. Good so that's Lord. Like 200 pounds. That is too much money. And then to maintain it every two weeks would maybe be another 50 pounds every time. <laughs> That is an unacceptable amount of money to be spending. Mm. On yeah, that. Um, I'm not about that life. I've always wanted to dye my hair like a crazy color, but I can't afford to do it well. And I refuse to do it if I can't do it well. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise it just looks bad. I'm not 16 anymore, you know? Like, I can't have a shitty dye job. No, exactly. you got to look professional. Exactly. So, okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to start a new Patreon for Simone's hair. <laughs> so that she can dye it whatever she I wants. look great as a redhead. I'll do, do it. Do it. And then we can do the Sabrina thing afterwards. And you can just go super white. <sighs> And then by the time you're 30, all your hair will fall out. Excellent. That's what I want. And then I'm doing a full Furiosa cosplay. Yeah, brilliant. All the time. About it. About <laughs> that life. Okay, but for real, Chad, what did you think of this movie? I actually loved it. You know, DC has heard us so many times before, as this podcast so and many. the It's Not That Bad podcast has shown us, where DC is the predominant member of, of the superhero clan mm. that has just let us down. But this yeah. film was fun and light but super yeah. entertaining and visually yeah aggressively stunning. stunning yeah what did you think of it yeah james wan as always mm. delivered there were a lot of times watching this where i was just like that's a great shot mm -hmm. when aquaman and mira are going down into the trench oh, and they've got yeah. the flare lit so beautiful like just a gorgeous shot crazy like it really shows you how like outnumbered they yeah. are how crazy is the situation like it's so good the fight scenes were all so well choreographed uh -huh. that scene at the very beginning where atlanta's in the lighthouse and she's fighting all the agents from atlantis mm -hmm. and it's got that swinging camera oh yeah yeah excellently choreographed yeah. that's really hard yeah. the fight scene where they're in that town in italy like running through yes. all the walls like that must have been insanely difficult to film yeah. logistically yeah it's wildly entertaining visually yeah it really is like there's so many moments where you just feel so tense and and yeah. you know i think that's what james wan really brings to the table is that yeah. visual that the, the the ability to make something so visually tense that it just becomes yeah. a piece of art yeah james wan really leans on the jump scares though there are about <laughs> four different scenes where something normal is happening and then something bursts through the wall uh -huh. <laughs> Like, it's cute the first two times, and then after that, you're like, okay. Sneak attack. He loves his sneak attack. Yeah. I mean... He's like, you know what we need in this scene is a jump scare. Yeah. It's like, James, James, this isn't this isn't The Conjuring. You can't do that. Yeah. And he's just sitting there, and he just yeah. kind of throws his toys out the car, and it's just like, I am The Conjuring <laughs> Universe God. You do not yes. defy me. <laughs> It was really cool to see, um, what's his face? Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson mm -hmm. of the Insidi Insidious and Conjuring Universes. Yes. 
uh, in there. That was that was real fun. Always good to see a friend. Exactly. We love him. I think he's he is so wonderful, and he he's not got a great range as an actor, and yet people keep putting him in different situations and different movies. So you've got him as like a predominant horror guy in Insidious and Conjuring. Yeah. Then you have him in this, and then you have him as Raoul in the movie adaptation of the musical Phantom of the Opera. I will not hear a bad word about him as Raoul. <laughs> It was one of the few good performances in that movie. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So we're now going to fight about Phantom? Is that is that what is happening now? No, like we can't we don't have time for this. <laughs> I I must say he was he was visually stunning in Phantom with the long hair and the billowy shirts. I mean, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong. And the really fun thing about Phantom of the Opera is like you really grow up with it. Yeah. So like when I first watched it as an 18-year-old, I was like, "Oh, why would she go for this boring guy when she could be with the Phantom?" And then like <laughs> when you get older, you're like, "No, it actually really makes sense. Like he's a nice guy who cares for and wants to look after her and the phantom is like a creep living in the basement yeah yeah, 100% it's really funny because like I used to like listen to the music on on YouTube and I fell into the traps once of reading the comments and all the comments feel the exact same way as 18 year old you and they're all like how could he go with her how could she go with Raul the phantom is so much better I would go with the phantom I don't care what he looks like no you wouldn't and it's like no no. one wants to live in a sewer it's insane You'd go with the Phantom, right? And then you'd, like, hang out there for, like, three days. You'd be cold. You'd be hungry. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, my angel of music. And you'd be like, no, fuck off. I want warm food. You're being weird. I'm going. This bed is uncomfortable. Why is it shaped like a swan, you fucking maniac? Why are there candles everywhere? It's a fire hazard. There is no ventilation. What were you thinking, you fool? <laughs> So you've uh, the follies of you. you, you you've let, well, it's not your fault, Simone. I think it's the it's the listener's fault that's led us down a rabbit hole that is yeah, Phantom because truly. I think we could both sit and speak about Phantom for years all day. So so yeah, I mean, what what was the things that didn't do it for you in this film? Here's what I think happened. <laughs> Jason Momoa, perfect, was great <laughs> casting for this for a lot of reasons. He's very interesting looking. He's Polynesian, which is kind of cool because that's a culture that's very close to like water, water yeah. and the ocean. So it kind of makes sense to have a Polynesian man playing. Um, um, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He's terrifying. <laughs> He's buff. He's beautiful. He's terrifying. But... <laughs> He's not the most nuanced actor in the world. No, he's a sledgehammer. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. And I sense that he was not allowed to really act in this movie. <laughs> like, I sense they tried a couple scenes and they were just like, this is not gonna go well. And so Aquaman ends up being, like, really punchy and he has, like, one or two emotional moments that kind of fall flat. So overall, let's be honest, the plot to this movie was a little garbage. Okay, fair enough. I get you. Like, or at least the plot to this movie falls very flat. Like, you don't get the sense that he's really learned anything. Mm -hmm. You don't get the sense that he's changed much. He's just kind of gone through this hero's journey almost unscathed. Yeah. And that's a really good (laughs) point. That makes it really unsatisfying when he comes out the other side. (laughs) That's a really good point. There's a bit, uh, we'll we'll, we'll play it now for, for our listeners. It's what lies ahead that should concern us. The charted path leads to the kingdom of the trench. Those are the same creatures that killed my mother? Yes. She was taken there and sacrificed to them. It's become a place of death. 
know next to nothing about what's down there. We should turn back. We can still warn the surface, try to prepare them for what's coming. Turn back? Look, I learned from a young age not to show weakness. Okay, solve my problems with my anger and my fists. I'm a blunt instrument and I'm damn good at it. But I've done nothing but get my ass kicked this whole trip. I have no leader. I'm not a king. I do not work or play well with others. And I can't let you die trying to turn me into something that I'm not. So, yeah, in that clip, obviously, he says, I've, uh, all, all, all you want me to do is, like, be a king and I've just got my ass kicked, so let's turn back. Like, yeah. that's, like you say, that's not growth. Yeah. That's insanity. <laughs> and that's towards the end of the but movie. But at the same time, I did like the line where they're like, no, you're not a king, you're a hero. And a king fights for his people, but a hero fights for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was, like really insightful and deep you just didn't get the sense that he took anything away from that no, no. i mean there's a reason that as Carl drogo he didn't really have much lines he just Mm-mm. had sex with had to be beautiful mirrors and that, yeah. then that was it and he did a great job yeah and I, and I can imagine he would be an excellent lover thorough but tender i hope like well-cooked lamb <laughs> I mean, all of it visually, I would tell people to watch this movie just for Mm -hmm. the visuals. Like, the seahorses that Mm. they ride on, the giant sea creatures, like, the things from the trench. Like, all of it is so fucking cool. Yeah, it is a cool movie. And it's not dark. I think that's the great thing about it, is you can see it. that's the great thing. You can see everything. If you look like Batman vs. Superman, or or Justice League, everything is so dark, you can hardly see anything. And it's frustrating as fuck. Yeah. I think this is so nice because it's so much more of, like, hearkening back to, like, a proper adventure movie. Like, it's not just gritty and dark. Like, yeah, he goes into, like, the dark sea, but, like, Atlantis is all, like, lit up and neon. He goes into the desert. He goes to Italy. Like, it's just beautiful and weird and he goes to all these different yeah. places and it's exciting like it's a fantasy movie it's so fun yeah. to watch it kind of reminds me of indiana jones in that way actually now that you mentioned that because it's just all yeah. over the place it's just a it's just an adventure yeah, exactly and i mean even even manta was like such a back weird story like what the fuck was that about yeah we'll talk more about that (laughs) (laughs) so then all right tell me what's your scene that could have saved it that actually leads perfectly back to manta is i think they should have cut that whole storyline out. right and here's why i have nothing against manta (laughs) i you know i know he's aquaman he's usually aquaman's nemesis he's a cool character i think they did a good job with the casting and everything but i think they only introduced him in this movie because let's be honest he was superfluous to the plot oh yeah 100 percent. they only introduced him so that they could bring him in in later justice league movies right okay which are obviously not happening now what that we know of oh okay it was pointless and like the beginning scene where manta's (laughs) Dad dies makes no sense. It's really weird. He's got an oxygen mask on his suit. I didn't even think There's of that. There's no but... reason for him to die just because he's held down. Yeah, that's a really solid point that you make. Also, Rudy pointed out, so they're in the room where all like the warheads on the submarine are, uh-huh. which would be neutrally buoyant because okay. like... You don't want a warhead that's going to sink before it reaches the target Uh, underwater. That's a good point. So they'd be actually fairly easy to lift off once they're in the water. Yeah, because like you said, you don't want it to do that. So yeah. So the whole scene is entirely (laughs) unnecessary. And then they kind of 
use try to use that to make some growth in Aquaman because he like feels guilty for not helping men to save his father, which is unnecessary because it's like, you know, you and your father with pirates and inevitably eventually like this would happen. Yeah. Maybe don't blame it on this guy. But like he doesn't his character doesn't grow much from that. Mira's just like, no, nah, that's not really your fault. They were pirates. And he's like, yeah, I yeah, guess. I like- guess. <laughs> <laughs> so just take it out. Like have Manta rising at the very end of the movie in a end credit scene yeah. and leave it there. Like it was so pointless. It was so pointless. And it was just really irritating as well, because like his father's like, avenge my death, murder that guy. Like, Really? That's what you're going to say to your son in the, like, last few moments? No, you're not going to be like, I love you, I loved your mother, I had a good life, don't regret me, like, remember that time where we killed a whale? Like, you wouldn't just be like, (laughs) kill that guy, and then die. Yeah, it was very strange and pointless, and if it were up to me, I would have just taken that plotline out. Yeah, it makes very little sense to have that in this movie. And what is your scene that could have saved it? So, I think... It would have been cool, and this is me being a bit utilitarian, but I think it would have been really, really cool if Jason Momoa agreed with King Orm and was like, yeah, 100%, we should kill all the humans. They're really bad. They're killing the oceans. Look at all the dead sea turtles that we have. Let's just take them out or find another way to get rid of all the plastic in the oceans. Let's work with you know, them. Yeah. Instead, he was just like, no, you're dumb. I need to kill you yeah, now. Because, like, their first action is to throw all the plastic back on land, which, like, fair enough. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well done. 100% agree with and that. And it's like, all he has to do is, like, pitch up at the UN and be like, hi, um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, diplomacy is not mentioned once. And it's like, oh, the humans can't know. And it's like, well, they're gonna know one way or another. Exactly. They're very bad at keeping it a secret. I mean, that final battle where the kraken-like creature comes out the water, someone's gonna notice that. Definitely. Like, let's be fair. Google (laughs) satellites. And they all know that that Aquaman is an Atlantean living amongst them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and I mean, they've also got a flying god, a... Amazonian war princess, mm. a Cybertronic human, a man that can fa- travel faster than, ta- than than light, and a rich billionaire who dresses up like a bat. Like, yeah. they know, the world knows that weird shit is happening. Yeah, So exactly. why wouldn't you have a super hunky fish boy? Yeah. For lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, and if, J- if Aquaman doesn't want to show up, Mira would probably be great at it. Yeah. Just show up at the UN and be like, hi guys, you've ne- you need to stop using plastic. You see, you've 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 noted one problem there, Simone, and it's a sad problem. That a woman could do it? Are you <laughs> No. Like I know we joke about this all the time, but genuinely she is a woman, so no one at the World Trade Center uh, at the World Trade Center, no one at the UN would take her seriously because those guys are assholes. She'd have to get her hair cut like Angela Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> to even be let in the door. Exactly. She's way too pretty for anyone to take her seriously. <laughs> because the world, unfortunately, is run by idiots. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, so yeah, you would have to have Jason Momoa do it. Do you want to hear some kind of fun trivia? Yes. Because there's a lot of really fun trivia about this movie. Okay, so the guy who played Tom Curry, his dad, mm-hmm. who is Tamuera Morrison, yeah. Jason Momoa specifically requested him Aww, because he's one of Momoa's acting idols. Aww. And... That actor is actually Maori. So Jason Momoa really liked the idea of him being Polynesian and the guy who plays his dad being Maori and like actually having cultures who are very closely tied to the ocean, more mm-hmm. associated with Aquaman. That's awesome. And. Oh, there's more. During the duel between Arthur and Orin, there's an octopus playing the drums. I don't know if you noticed that. I saw that, which was fucking it's hilarious. It's so good. So James Wan says that this octopus is Topo, 
who was Actiman's octopus sidekick from the 1950s or 60s, who was able to play musical yes. instruments. And he was hesitant to include Topo at first, but after he watched Mad Max Fury Road, where they had a guy playing like a flaming electric guitar in a gimp suit, he was like, fuck it, I'm putting in yes. the octopus. I think that's fair. That's really funny. That's what a great little nerdy yeah, callback. Yeah, it's so cute. Uh, and then finally, Jason Momoa actually played pranks on all of his co-stars while they were filming. Except of he did. Nicole Kidman. You don't fuck with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, because she's fucking crazy and he'll... Yeah. She'll destroy no. you and she's, she does she's not a, age. She's an evil alien. There's no question. She was perfect in this movie. She, I mean, look, she's just a beautiful person and I can't take my eyes off her and... That's how I feel. I've never been a fan. I know you have. We're not going to fight about this, but yeah, okay. But that's very interesting. I love the guy who played his dad because, like, he oh. was he was also in Moana. He was um, the king. Was he? Yeah, yeah, which is great. Oh. And I actually want to watch that again now because I love Moana. I love Moana. It's perfect. So, finally, would you tell your friends to watch this movie? And would you watch it again? Yes, 100%. I would very, very... If, if we were, like, getting sick of Marvel... And we were like, let's put on something DC. Let's rock this film. I wouldn't watch... I, the only other DC film apart from this that I would watch are the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman, yes, of course. But this is just so visually stunning. It's beautiful. And just fun to watch. Yeah. I would very, very quickly put this on again. No questions. I agree. I think it's such a visually stunning movie. Like, you owe it to yourself to watch it and mm -hmm. just enjoy James Wen's excellent directing skills and clearly a lot of the visual artists who put a lot of heart and thought into this. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not an easy movie to do. Yeah, and so usually when I settle down on a Sunday morning to watch our movies for the week, like, it is with <laughs> a heavy heart. But, like, I genuinely enjoyed watching this. I was happy to watch it in the morning. It was just a, a joy it really was and what's great about this movie as well is if you're having a james wan fest you can yeah. watch this film if you're having a superhero fest mm. you can watch this film like it works in two different categories and they're vastly different so either way you're gonna have a good time well there well you done, have Simone. It. that was awesome i really yeah, enjoyed me too. This i'm movie. glad we got to talk about it, it. Great. well i will tell you all about spider-man 3 after this break Bye. Hey Simone, you're a huge nerd, aren't you? I guess I am. I'd like to think so. So what if I told you there was a place, right? Now, mm -hmm. just expand your mind. Now, okay. we're in the 21st century. Things are crazy. There's this magical thing called the internet, right? Oh. What if I told you there's a place on this magical web, this worldwide web, <laughs> where you can get all the things you love about the nerdy pop culture stuff that you enjoy the most in sort of a box. One could call it a crate, even. Oh. Uh, and all you have to do is, ex in exchange for money, uh, you give them money and they send you a box of all your favorite pop culture stuff every month. What would you say to that? You mean that I don't have to go and shop for individual memorabilia items and waste my whole weekend? Not at all. They will do this for you. This company, this magical place that creates this crate of loot, a loot crate even, <laughs> uh, will package all the items for you and send them to your door in exchange for money. How magical is that? That sounds too magical. And what if I added to the deal? What if I were a proper salesman and I said to you, if you entered a special code, you could get 15% off on any of these loot crates that you so wished? Well, I'd have to know what this code is. Right? So this is not just for you. This is not just a secret between you and me. This is for our listeners as well. If you go to Loot Crate following the link in all of our show notes on any episode and type in the code ROBOTSRADIO, you'll get 15% off any of your purchases. 50% off all your Loot Crates. All you have to do is go to the code in our show notes, enter the code ROBOTSRADIO, radio and you'll get that 15% off. That sounds amazing. Guys, why don't you click that link right now so that they know we sent you. So guys, go to that link, enter that code. Thank you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Sebastian Azar, and I'm inviting you to the Hidden Pixels podcast, a show exploring those gaming stories you might have missed on your first playthrough, whether it's a side character's dark past or a small event that changed the entire fictional universe, we want to explore with gamers and story lovers alike. So join us every two weeks for the Hidden Pixels podcast. And if you like what you heard, subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate all of your feedback, and we can't wait to share these stories with you. Thanks. And we're back. Are you ready for this, Simone? I'm ready to never have to watch this again. (laughs) I don't know if that gives my verdict away. (laughs) Yeah, you're jumping way ahead. And I'm excited to to try and change your mind in the next I 20 minutes. wish you the best. I don't know how, but I will. <laughs> right, so, plot synopsis of Spider-Man Yay! 3. Here we go. And I did write this one because last week's episode where I didn't it's write best. a plot synopsis was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Back in the days when 20-year-olds were played by 30-year-olds, Tobey Maguire returns as Spider-Man. Peter Parker seems to finally have his life all figured out. After the shenanigans in Spider-Man 1 and 2, Peter is now in a loving relationship with Mary Jane, played by Kirsten Dunst. He's getting straight A's in class. He's got a good freelance gig at the Daily Bugle. And, of course, he's kicking ass as Spider-Man. The only real problem in his life is that his best friend, Harry Osborn, played by James Franco, hates him because he believes that Peter killed his father. The movie opens with Peter attending Mary Jane's breakout musical performance on Broadway. She seems to do pretty well, but turns out that the critics absolutely hated her. Consequently, she is fired from the show. Peter is so wrapped up in his own shit that he fails to see how upset Mary Jane is. And he also doesn't find out that she's fired from the show till, like, the end, right? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't tell him because of how he reacts. Like, he's a bad guy, and I will get into this. Yeah. As a a terrible boyfriend. Yeah. No, no, it's fine because I'm going to go in a little right now. As a terrible boyfriend, I recognize this terrible (laughs) boyfriend attitude of Peter. So. Uh, she then starts to hang out more with Harry because she feels like she can actually talk to him more openly. Now, let's talk villains. You have Flint Marco, played by Thomas Hayden Church, who becomes the Sandman. Basically, he is a sick daughter, and he robbed a wrestling business in order to use money to save his daughter. Turns out that the wrestling business was the same one that Peter Parker went to back in Spider-Man 1. And Flint turns out to be the one who actually killed Uncle Ben. So, yikes. Then you have Eddie Brock, played by Topher Grace, who becomes Venom. More on how he becomes Venom later, but basically he has a beef with Peter because Peter took his job and his girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, played by Bryce Dallas motherfucking Howard. I forgot she was in this. I know, she's done so well since then. I know. Uh, So now Eddie wants to kill Peter. One night, before all of this drama goes down, a meteor hits the earth, containing some weird black sludge that seems to be sentient. By unbelievable coincidence, that meteor lands close to where Peter and MJ are hanging out and crawls into his bag. Later, the symbiote binds itself to Peter while he's sleeping. He's fallen asleep while waiting to hear something on the police radio about Flint so he could go kill him for killing Uncle Ben. When Peter wakes up, he finds that his suit is now all black. He also feels amazing and has extra strength and powers. He then finds Flint and, with his new powers, defeats him by turning him into mud and says the most iconic line, Good riddance. I love it. What a line. (laughs) 
So, turns out that the symbiote hones in on the wearer's aggression and hate, making them stronger, but also making them really, really mean. With his newfound powers, Peter becomes a massive dickhead, <laughs> changing his hair, shouting at people, and hitting on hot women. He and Mary J break up, and to get back at her, he takes Gwen Stacy out for dinner, where MJ's working, and does the world's best jazz routine. But is in it? the end, loses both of them. It is the world's best dance routine. We're going to speak about it. We're going to speak about it for a good hour. But let's move on. <laughs> Guys, and then we'll, we'll have it up it. on our social media. Like, just check it out. It's perfect. In the meantime, Harry is pissed off at Peter for the above reasons. So he tries to kill him because he is now the Hobgoblin. Harry fails and hits his head and suffers from short-term amnesia. So he forgets that Peter killed his dad. They become friends again for a little while until Harry speaks to his dead dad again, somehow, and gets his memory back. He then devises a plan to kill Peter. First, he wants to ruin his life. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> it's just when you really hear the plot spelled out. It... <laughs> it's... I think people should retroactively listen to our podcast at pitch meetings. <laughs> just realize how people are assessing their movies because this is fucking bonkers <laughs> there's just so much crammed into this movie they really forced it in and didn't they none oh, of it man. is what anyone wanted <laughs> no no not even a little bit so it turns out that he's the reason that mj broke up with peter Peter and he have a bit of a fight, and Peter, still under the influence of the black spider suit, throws a bomb back in Harry's face, maiming him for life. Mm. <laughs> that noise was great. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. We've got three paragraphs left. We can do sorry, this. We can I'm do sorry, this. I'll, I'll keep it together. <laughs> After all of this goes down, he speaks to Aunt May, played by Rosemary Harris, who kind of gives him a telling off, so he decides to get rid of the suit. That's how Eddie Rock gets the suit. Because the symbiote suit binds so strongly to its host, Peter struggles to get it off. He goes to a church, the same church that Eddie Brock has gone to, to ask God to kill Peter. Not even kidding. <laughs> we will include that clip now. It's Brock, sir. Edward Brock Jr. I come before you today. Humbled and humiliated to ask you for one thing. I want you to kill Peter Parker. I mean, it's great. Because there's only one church in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. And I would love for our New York writers to, to uh, New York listeners to write in and be like, um, actually, you've got two, so jokes on you. I mean, if you only think about Catholic churches, then there are actually very few. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie Brock has asked God to kill Peter. Sorry, I had to check that that sentence made sense because it was fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, no, you're right. Yeah. You're dead on. So Peter then tries to remove the suit, uh, and it turns out that the symbiote is highly sensitive to certain vi uh, sonic vibrations, such as bells, and becomes weaker when they ring. Peter is able to get the suit off, but it then drips onto Eddie, who then becomes Venom. After Flint comes back to life, don't even ask me how, Eddie and, no. his t uh, Eddie and Venom team up to defeat Spider-Man. They kidnap MJ to draw in Spider-Man. Uh, but before he goes to the fight, Peter goes to Harry to see if he would be willing to help save MJ. Rightly so, Harry tells Peter to go to hell. And at the fight, Spider-Man and Venom almost succeed at killing Spidey. 
But then, thanks to a convenient plot point, Harry comes to the rescue and joins up with Spider-Man to defeat the two villains. They do! But Harry, unfortunately, gets killed by Venom. Venom dies, and Flint and Spider-Man have a heart-to-heart, -heart, and Peter forgives Flint. Peter and MJ get back together, and all is well. The end. So, let's, let's, I mean, it has to be, the only and obvious uh, jumping off point has to be the jazz scene and this line in particular. Now dig on this. <laughs> so, tell me your thoughts, Simone. Would you date Tobey Maguire? <laughs> Man, oh man. Okay, so I'd never watched this before. I had a bunch of people no. tell me not to. So naturally, when we covered it for this podcast, I was like, you know, maybe over time, like, it's mellowed out a little bit. Like, it's not as viscerally bad as people keep saying it is. Oh. And like, for the most part, I think there were some salvageable bits, but... <laughs> The part where he's Venom and he's like dancing in the street is truly unconscionable. Like, I mean, I, what do you even say to it, really? I spent the whole scene, I, I texted you, I spent the whole scene being like, what the fuck is happening? It's beautiful. It's, it's just, I mean, <laughs> to have that level of confidence in New mm. York City mm. is, is something unbelievable in itself. That's like half the fucking people in New York. If you ask them to do a little jazz square <laughs> in the middle of the street, they'd do it. Like, what a creep and what a crazy guy to just suddenly, like, slide out and then do finger guns to two ladies <laughs> who are walking behind him. Like, their reaction is really accurate because they're, like, back off slightly, look at him and be like, um... Okay. Yeah. Good lord. His outfit in that, when he goes into the, into the, into the, the, the department store. store and then he comes back... It's beautiful, but the dance kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this movie defeats the purpose of itself. <laughs> okay. So w what did you actually enjoy about this movie? I mean, it's a real struggle, but you got to grip. you got to find something. I think with this movie, you can really, if you look hard like we did, you can really see the bones of what the script could have been. <laughs> bones. And what it is, is... You know, a Peter Parker flying too close to the sun. He is consumed with the fame of Spider-Man. Like, and he is into it. He's having very little success in his own life. You know, he's, like, doing okay in his classes. He's barely got a job. He lives in a truly shitty apartment. Uh -huh. His girlfriend's a Broadway actress, but not that good. So he is just, like, you know, really putting his whole identity on the fame of Spider-Man and he lets that go to his head and ignores the actual important uh -huh. relationships in his life as a result. And that's a good story. Yeah, good point. Except it's never really resolved because they've brought so many right. villains in that he has to defeat that he never <laughs> defeats his own demons beautifully. That's true. And that's usually what we try to get away for it. That's a really good point. I just came up with that on the spot. That was really, it's eloquent and we will put it on a t-shirt. Like the Sandman yeah. was kind of pointless. Like, I guess he kind of learned about forgiveness. The whole plot with Harry where he's like injured and then he's forgotten and then he remembers again, pointless. It's, it's, pr it's, it's proper bonkers how long. And you know what's scary is the fact like, and you pointed this out to me and I didn't even realize it until you had pointed it out to me. This movie is two hours and 11 minutes long. It's so long. Like in the early days of, of superhero movies, they were never this long. So it yeah. makes no sense why this became fucking an epic film 
really. Yeah. And yeah, I think that is the main problem with this film, is the fact that it is, there's three villains. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense why there would be three villains. I mean, but, but yeah, like, what I enjoyed about it is, is, I love Venom. Venom is, like, one of my favourite, favourite totally. anti-heroes. He's so, so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, I think it's really nice to go back to old Spider-Man. I mean, we've, we're, we're three Spider-Man deep now. You know, we're yeah. we're about seven Spider-Man films deep as well, and it's just nice to go back to an era where this thirty-five-year-old man can play a, an early twenty-five-year-old, <laughs> twenty-four-year-old, and and you know, just early animation of Spider-Man where the <laughs> real focus was that Spider-Man was an all-American hero. Like in every single early yeah. Spider-Man movie, there is a flag behind Spider-Man and the American flag yeah. behind Spider-Man at some point. And that's great. That's just fun. <laughs> it sure is. You know? So, yeah, I just... I love it. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to know an interesting fact about Venom? By it has nothing means. to do with the film. But the character of Venom was originally posed to Stan Lee and the Marvel team. And it was sold to Marvel for $200, which is an insanely mm. small amount of money for an amazing character. Considering, yeah. yeah. And I really did enjoy the recent movie with Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think people gave that a lot of shit for no reason. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously probably talk about it on this podcast fairly soon. No doubt about that. Yeah, it was really, really cool. An interesting fact as well about Venom, the uh, the noises for, Ve- uh, for Venom in this movie were the sounds of a Tasmanian devil. Huh. Yeah. That tracks, actually. Yeah. That's kind of that fun. It's really, really fun. Uh, what do we feel about Topher Grace? Because, you know, he's one of those actors that I think divides opinions. I low-key love Topher Grace, and I think he's been doing a really good job lately. Yeah? Yeah, I fan? liked him in... Fuck, what was he in recently? He's in Black Mirror. A Black Klansman, yes. Yeah, he was super good in that. I will give that to him. He's a good actor. Yeah. Like, he really gets into a character and he's clearly worked on his craft over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, I really stand Topher Grace and I stand him as Venom. I mean, if we can have Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, <laughs> we can have Topher Grace as Venom. Yeah, that's fair. It's amazing how, like, early, early 2000s was such a very strange time. It really was. It was like, they were like, we have no young actors. We must <laughs> cast these 30-year-olds. Ah, uh, the magic. And it is. It was really nice to go back before to, to Marvel before it was Marvel Studios. I mean, this was these films were the birth of Marvel, man. That's true. That's true. Where Look, would Iron Man be without these films? Nowhere. Nowhere. I mean, we would not have been watching. We would not have watched Endgame. Mm. What like a month ago? Had it not been for the Spider Man films, exactly. really. So we have a lot to owe to these. Even Spider Man Three, Even the worst Spider-Man of them. 3. And Willem Dafoe was in both of these films that we did this week. I I can Vaguely. watch any and every film with Willem Dafoe and I love him so much. He's he's superb. What I loved about this as well, this one, is that they obviously really didn't want to pay a lot of money for William Daf- uh, for Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. So a lot of the lines that they used were from Spider-Man 1. Uh-huh. And that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it really tells you how they thought this movie was going to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you think of Mary Jane's voice though? Her singing voice? Was it so? Was it actually Chris and Dunst singing, or I, I I think so. I mean, people can tell me otherwise, but I'm just having a look through. It doesn't it doesn't say anything here. 
about her voice. So I'm going to I'm going to say yes, it was her who sang. She was good. I don't know enough about singing to have a real opinion about it. I thought she was maybe a little flat, but again, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's what fair. did you think in your um your opinion it, as a thespian? As a mildly okay person who can kind of hold a note but not really let's someone be more trained than myself. <laughs> I thought she was nice. I think she she falls into that trap that a lot of singers these days do of sort of swallowing your words. So it mm. sort of sounds like this. <laughs> and it's like sort of inwards, yeah. you know, a lot of like hipster singers do that now. And don't you love it? <laughs> I do love it sometimes. Sometimes. Amazing fact that I've just found actually and this goes back to our amazing high school musical fact high school musical 2 fact of how long it took them to film the golf course scene are you ready for this tell me the jazz bar scene took approximately two weeks to film (gasps) two weeks two weeks i mean it was it was so As with bad. most of this movie, you're like, wow, that's a lot of effort for something that wasn't great. I mean, oh, two weeks. That is a long time for that. <laughs> man, oh man. I... <sighs> Can you imagine having to be an extra in that scene and you just come in every oh day God. for two weeks watching Tobey Maguire like gyrate on a chair? Just superb. Oh my god, what a what a way to spend two weeks. Good lord. No wonder Mary Jane looked so fucking tired by the end of it. She was just I like, mean, I'm done with this. We were all I tired all by this. the end of it. <laughs> so, for you, what is the scene that could have saved this, this film? Good lord. So many things. Get rid of Harry Osborne. He was superfluous to the plot. Ooh, okay. Get... <sighs> None of the villains were really relevant. No. Like, it started off as one story, like I said. Like, it started off as, like, you know, he's letting the fame get to his head. Mm. And then it just turned into him fighting people. Yeah. Yeah. And Pretty like, much. I guess the Sandman was maybe relevant because it taught Peter about forgiveness mm-hmm. and about, like, understanding that, like, just because this guy committed a crime doesn't mean that he was in difficult circumstances, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And maybe they could have played that up a bit and actually done some good script writing with that. He never says to Mary Jane, like, hey, I was really selfish and shitty to you. Yeah. Please get back together. Like, he saves her life, and then she's like, oh, we should get married. But, like, at no point is she like, (laughs) you know, I didn't feel comfortable telling you about this really shitty thing in my life because, like, you were so full of yourself. Yeah. And how are we going to deal with this? Yeah. No, he is a bad boyfriend. He's He's incredibly toxic. Like, when you tell your partner... You know, I'm I'm no expert in relationship, that's very obvious. But, you know, when you tell your partner, you know, a problem, it's not so that they can go, well, in my life, this yeah. is how I dealt with it. You want them to be like, that sucks, do yeah. you want food? Yeah, exactly. And like, well, do you want to talk about it? Like, what do you feel? Yeah. Like, not like, well, in my much more successful scenario... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't work like that. And she very clearly spelled it out. She was like... Every time I read it, it's like my dad was saying those words. And he's like, yeah, well, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's like, no, dude. Fuck off. Shut up. Like, no wonder she went somewhere else. Like, you only have yourself to blame. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would love for it, actually, at the end, for, like, her, him to go in for, like, the kiss. And she goes, um, no, we're what broken up. And it's not because of yeah. Harry. It's because you were a dickhead. You're a terrible boyfriend. Yeah. And until I see some real improvement in you, yeah. we're not doing this. Yeah. So I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to see some consequences for the first two and a half acts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. 
You see, mine is rather contrary to yours because I think they、oh. should have only kept in the Harry situation. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we both agree they should have narrowed it down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no question. Three villains is three villains too many. That's ridiculous. But yeah, I think a Harry, a Harry story would have been really interesting because if you're going to include the Hobgoblin, make him really, really cool. And、yeah. I mean, you know, have Venom, that would have been interesting. But I think the, the Sandman story was really superfluous. Plus, they could have really like, leaned hard into the whole Harry thing and made、yeah. it like a love triangle thing. They could、yeah. have made, you know, the fact that. You know, Peter was sort of like a son and a brother to Harry and a son to、yeah. Willem Dafoe's character. It would have been really, really cool. And like, it could have been an awesome emotional journey. And clearly, from some of these scenes where the camera is focused on Tobey Maguire's face, he has no emotional range. <laughs> he just sits there like a weird looking frog. And that's maybe why they didn't go down the emotional route. But、Maybe. I think that would have been a far better movie. How do you feel about James Franco in general? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about James Franco. He's one of those enigmas wrapped in a mystery. Like,、yeah. you know, you're going to get HPV just by looking at him. That's the thing. Like, I want to, like, James Franco. And then at the same time, I'm like, if I ever met this guy at a party, like, I'd find a reason to leave the conversation. Yeah. You know,、100%. like, he just strikes me as one of those dudes, like, where he starts talking, you're like, oh my God, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can't stop speaking about his abs. Like, you just know that. <laughs> Or, like, this new phil- philosophy book he picked up, and you're just like, fuck、yeah. off, I don't care. Yeah, no. So, so he is one of those guys, but then again, he might be, like, one of the nicest people in the world. Probably. He's probably just, like, a giant sweetheart with, like, eight cats. I bet, but his face just pisses me off. <sighs> It's. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I so, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question. If any of our listeners have thoughts about James Franco, please send them to us. We're, we're really、mm. excited to hear what you have to say about James. And、uh, so, so, the big question, Simone would you watch this film again? <laughs> no. And I wouldn't recommend it to my <laughs> friends. Look, I think there's something. I think it's worth watching if you really want to learn a lesson about script writing without a goal in mind or without a character、yeah. arc in mind. I think it's、mm-hmm. useful from that perspective. And if you're like an aspiring screenwriter or story writer, then it's useful. But like personally, if I had a choice and I wasn't trying to learn anything, I wouldn't want to again. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to go down in the histories for academic purpose, if nothing else. <laughs> and would you watch this movie again? I know you love Spider Man. That's the problem because I do love Spider Man more. Than pretty much anything else on the planet. So I would say yes, but in very specific situations where I'm having a Spider Man marathon.、Uh. So you've got to go Spider Man 1, 2, 3, Amazing Spider Man, Amazing、yeah. Spider Man 2, Spider Man Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home, Annabelle Comes Home. Because <laughs> let's be fair, Annabelle Comes Home is now part of the Spider Man. Oh,、universe. speaking of, I forgot a fun fact with Aquaman、Ooh. is when. Mira's collecting her like, car from the underground ca- shipping containers.、Yeah. Apparently, you can see Annabelle, the doll, on the ocean floor. Yes! That's amazing. That makes、That's、me really happy. Great little Easter egg. Oh, great. For all those one fans out there like us.、Uh-huh. That's great. But yeah, oh, and of course,、uh, Into the Spider Verse, because you can't forget that film. What a oh, heroic m a s t e r p i e c e Spider-Verse was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Tom Holland has been speaking about trying to organize a Into the Spider-Verse where him, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield are all in it. That's all I want. 
I mean, I would watch the shit out of Spider-Man. He just got really shit scripts. You reckon? I thought he was a good Spider-Man. I didn't think he had Peter Parker nailed. Where? Yeah. Like true. He was good Spider-Man, but not a good Peter Parker. Yeah. Tobey Maguire was neither. Too charming. Yeah. Tobey Maguire was just there, and then (laughs) Tom Holland is just a absolute genius. Yeah. Tom Holland, much as you hate him. (laughs) I hate him for stealing my life. I don't hate him as an actor and as a person. Well, I do hate him as an actor and as a person, but not as a Spider-Man. Fine. It's fine. I'm going to count. Look, I've spoken so much ill of him on this podcast. If he ever goes missing, I'm suspect number one. (laughs) The police are going to be like, hi, listen. (laughs) We, We heard your podcast. Huge fans of the podcast. But, you know, we know you've murdered him. So, yikes. <laughs> and you'll be like, damn it. So, yes, there you have it, Swone. <sighs> Fucking A. We've done it. What a, what a yeah. film. What a, what a great film. I want to try something new. Okay. Just to sort of end off these new podcasts in the new podcast yes. arena that we are now in. Give me one positive of the week. Doesn't have to be from you, necessarily from, from your week, but just, just a positive world. from the world. Or you, oh, or anything. I know exactly what I want is um, a piece of news going out at the moment. It'll obviously be old news by the time this airs. But 20,000 Christians signed a petition asking Netflix to take down Good Omens. Yes. So funny. Which is unfortunate because Good Omens is an Amazon Prime series. <laughs> And Netflix oh, has said they will take down Good Omens once Amazon Prime takes down Stranger Things. And I am overjoyed. <laughs> yes. That is so perfect. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And I'm sure Terry Pratchett is smiling down on us from wherever he is, just also uh-huh. thrilled with about that. Yeah, that would be that must be amazing to see your work be so incorrectly <laughs> interpreted. Well done. My happy point for for the week is it, it, it's one from my own life. So I'm pulling Ooh. a Spider Man here and just talking about myself. No, go for it. But the other day I was on the bus and uh, I didn't realize that the bus didn't take card. It was a cash only. And so I said to the guy, okay, that's fine. I'll just hop off. And he was like, no, no, just go sit down and we won't tell anyone. So I thought that was really nice. Like, you know, these guys could get in a lot of trouble for doing that, but he, he just let me ride the bus for free because I didn't have any cash and it was only card. And yeah, I thought that was really sweet. And I think small acts of kindness like that go overlooked all the time. And you know, they shouldn't because they're really, really important. Yeah. Oh, God bless that bus driver. Yeah. He's amazing. So yeah, guys, that's the that's the end of the podcast. Yes. We're not doing the, uh, the the usual of telling you what we'll podcast and Simone telling you what she's looking for because uh, looking forward to because that's going to be a whole separate episode where we discuss something from a previous episode. Little mini episodes every week. Yeah, very very exciting. Very exciting. Um, what are we doing next week? So next week we are going to do an English theme. Oh, English! English, you know, just for you, Chad. Oh, thank you. I I really. I'll bring my best. <laughs> what what do I drink with that? One can drink a gin, gin and I think that's about it. That's uh, all that we, <laughs> the English, can produce, alcoholic-wise. Surely a brandy? Maybe a brandy. Ooh, we could do Irish whisk- uh, Irish uh, coffees, Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, a Guinness? Ooh, Guinness as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Old lady child. Yes, we shall we shall do a uh, an English theme with English alcohol next week, uh, with Lady Lady Larue and uh, Lord <laughs> Lord Eckovitz, and it will be good fun. 
Pip, pip. So what movies are we are we uh, watching next week, Simone? Lady Simone? So I will be doing the new and poorly acclaimed <laughs> Watson and Holmes with my fave, Will Ferrell. Ah, oh, what a babe. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Good lord. Yeah, did so badly. Yikes. And what will you be doing? I shall be doing the first Johnny English movie, Johnny English, which did three oh. times better than your film with a Rotten Tomato score of 33%. <laughs> it's a low bar. It's a very low bar. So, you know, God bless the Queen and God bless this podcast because uh, we're going to need it. God knows. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, thank you for listening, you guys. We really, really appreciate yes. it. You know, it's really important to us to have you guys mm-hmm. listen to us. And, you know, if you can go and subscribe and like and give us a rating, yes. check leave it us out. comments. Check us out on all the social medias, which yeah. we will link to in the footnotes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Please like, subscribe, give us ratings, give us all the things. Yes. We really, really appreciate it. You know, it means the world to us to, to sort of get up there, you know, and, and get our, yeah. our message out. And, uh, you know, if you do, leave us a comment. Hey, we'll read it out. This will be the section yeah. where we read them out. Why not? Yeah. Hey? And as we say at the end of every episode, we, we love, love you, you and there's nothing, nothing you can, you can do about it. Goodbye. Goodbye.